Welcome to the Superhero of Love podcast. I am Bridget Fonger. I wrote a book called Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart and Then Go Save the World. That book is going to be out in January 2019, but I didn't want to wait until that time to start talking to superheroes of love. And guess what? Here's the news. You are a superhero of love. And through talking to other superheroes like yourself, tapping into that little superhero inside of you, I'm hoping that you and I and all of us start feeling more and more like superheroes of love, meaning that we love and are loved more than ever before. So welcome. Let's get this party started. Welcome, superheroes. We are here today with a major superhero of love, who I am blessed to say is also a superhero of love friend of mine. She is part of my love league. If you've read my book, you know about my love league, which is the people that I surround myself that help me take care of my heart, tell me the truth when I need to hear the truth and buoy me up when I need buoying, and so much more. Jan definitely takes care of my heart. Jan is here. Well, thank you, Bridget. That's mutual. Uh, uh, <laughs> That's <so> mutual. <laughs> so beautiful. So Jan is, I invited Jan on today because this month is National Sarcoidosis Month. This is April of 2019. And... Jan did a very beautiful talk about her sarcoidosis miracle, and we are having this preliminary conversation to ease us into the recording of the Love Forward talk that she did for the event that I produced in November of 2018 called Love Forward Talks, and Jan did one of the Love Forward talks on her sarcoidosis miracle. I haven't mentioned the Love Forward Talks in this podcast yet, or if I've mentioned it, I've only mentioned it very briefly, but Love Forward Talks is really an extension of my book. It's a place where we did in November and we will do again this year, and then hopefully there'll be many more in the future also, gather people together to tell stories of people who have helped them transform their hearts helped them to love or be loved even more. And while Jan had an extraordinary physical miracle with sarcoidosis at the hands of, at the blessings of Master John Douglas, Mm. who Jan and I both study with, she also had a heart-opening experience, which she talks about in her talk as well. So I'm so excited to share that talk with you. You can also see that talk on YouTube. You can just Google YouTube Jan Casebolt or, and you will see actually more than one thing, or you can (laughs) go to the Love Forward Talks YouTube channel and find it there. But today, what I wanted to do is ask you, Jan, to tell us more about sarcoidosis because I know that many of the first responders at the 9-11 
tragedy at the towers have been diagnosed or have died from complications of sarcoidosis and that it is more prevalent even beyond the 9-11 tragedy in the United States and beyond. So I wanted to bring some awareness to people because I think you and I both know several people each. You know many more people. I know several people who have, who have been previously diagnosed with cancer or other things and they had sarcoidosis. So I'm going to let you now tell us about sarcoidosis, please. Well, thank you so much, Bridget. And um, first of all, I'd just like to backtrack slightly and say um, it was such an honor to be a part of the first Love Forward talk. Just amazing speakers uh, that I got to listen to being a part of it. And it was such a joy to uh, to share my own story and heart opening and blessings uh, with Master John Douglas and just to be able to um, experience so much love and to share it. And I just thank you so much for that opportunity. And I look forward to more Love Forward Talks. It was so fabulous and, and such an honor and joy. Thank you. Yeah, it was so great. It was really fascinating and especially um, an honor to share about sarcoidosis and, and being relieved of sarcoidosis because uh, currently the modern medical field says it's incurable and, and they have not officially diagnosed the two bacteria that cause sarcoidosis that hide in your bloodstream and in your white blood cells and bone marrow. So I'm very fortunate to actually still be alive and to have had a cure of a, quote, incurable disease. Sarcoidosis, yes, it is a much more widely affecting people than they currently diagnose. And I learned that through my doctor, Arnold Ostro, who's since retired, but I was so fortunate to have had him as my physician at the time I was diagnosed. He had done his residency in New York on sarcoidosis and had literally uh, worked with thousands of people who were suffering. So wow. he knew to diagnose me, or he knew what to look for, and he diagnosed me within um, two months, and it can take years to get a proper diagnosis. Basically, sarcoidosis, two bacteria cause your white blood cells to explode because they're inside your blood cells. Wow. When they explode, the healthy white blood cells surround those, you know, the shrapnel, the parts that had exploded, and cause these um, tiny granulomas. And wherever they um, are present, whatever organ they're in, um, whether it's your bones, your skin, your brain, your heart, your liver, your lungs especially, causes damage and, um, you know, eventually you can die from it and you will, whether it's slow or fast is the, the main question there. So with regard to the 9-11 first responders, when I was first diagnosed and it was very painful, I was bedridden. You'll, you'll hear more about that in the Love Forward Talks. But when I was laying there, all I could really do was you know go online and research. And I joined an online support group and made friends with a 9-11 first responder. And he was dying from lung complications from the disease. And he told me that he knew many of his you know, friends from 9-11 had the same issues, the same information, and were also dying. And it was his wish that they would discover and actually come forward and say that more first responders had died from sarcoidosis. So a couple of years ago, I finally came across a very obscure small article where the medical association, American Medical Association, had said 
Um, more sarcoidosis first, more first responders have died of sarcoidosis than was previously thought. So they are, um, you know, beginning to come forward with that being a cause of death wow. for first responders. And they're um, trying to do more research to the cause. And sometimes it's presenting, are they, tell us some of the things that it's presenting as, in other words, they're being misdiagnosed as having what kind of diseases? Um, good question. Well, because wherever the granulomas are, different body and different organs and different presentations and different people, no two cases are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. You know, I had it in um, my nervous system and my joints and my bones and basically everywhere but my brain. But say you just have sarcoidosis granulomas in your bones and they're aching, that could be rheumatoid arthritis. It could be misdiagnosed as fibromyalgia. Um, one of the symptoms is you're tired all the time. That could easily be misdiagnosed as lupus or chronic fatigue. Basically, any autoimmune disorder um, could be sarcoidosis that's misdiagnosed. And um, my original attending physician, um, Dr. Ostro, said he believed many more people actually die from sarcoidosis than is previously known because they don't actually figure it out until the autopsy when, um, you know, the coroner takes a look and sees the, uh, the granulomas in various organs. So say you die of liver failure and then you have your autopsy and granulomas are found, that would be the underlying uh, contributing factor to your liver no longer functioning. Wow, that's intense. So I'm so It is intense, I know. Oh my God. And yeah. And, and listeners, you'll hear how, how how Jan transformed from extraordinary suffering to freedom from suffering in essentially a nanosecond, but um, which is such a blessing (laughs) makes it so it makes it the contrast with people that are suffering. So sad. How, how is it that, is this the first year that we've had national sarcoidosis month awareness month? Uh, No, they began a few years back, um, a grassroots effort, and it's finally starting to um, take off more. So thank you so much for for featuring this um, little-known disease that's on the rise, and we do need to spread and share awareness. So really, any listeners that um, would like to do more research or even just uh, get this word sarcoidosis out into the common knowledge is very, very uh, beneficial and helpful. To those who are suffering, um, but it started a few years ago and um, began in New York. They now put a big billboard up there in Times Square, and oh, they wow. are starting. Yeah, there's various grassroots and um, support networks that have uh, sarcoidosis walks and fairs and awareness meetings and gatherings throughout the country. So it's starting to um, to grow. You know, people are starting to learn about it which is great. Yeah, we should make the point that you are in Los Angeles. So it was like this unbelievable miracle that you had a New York doctor who actually was on your case. It sure is. My God. Um, (laughs) Yes, very, very lucky. And um, I wanted to just to speak about it for a second regarding my own, you know, good fortune, you know, four and a half years, sarcoidosis free. And I do belong to several sarcoidosis support groups, um, online support groups and it is heartbreaking, you know, watching people suffer and they're on these um, heavy-duty cancer drugs, you know, chemo drugs, methotrexate and prednisone and surgeries and lung collapsing and 
all these things that are happening and I, I see people dying every week and just suffering and I just, you know, really would love anyone with sarcoidosis to look more, you know, look into more what I was able to find and, and accomplish and, and receive in my own life. It's been such a blessing and whatever we can do medically and, uh, you know, through the spiritual means that, that I've been blessed, basically the merging of science and spirituality, which I believe is what we're heading toward. But anyone that can, can gain relief and anyone that can um, help share the message of sarcoidosis being a, a highly inflammatory, painful suffering, that it's on the rise. And just to support those who, who do have the disease, because in my own case, I didn't necessarily look from the outside, you know, as, as sick as I was. You know, um, it wasn't disfiguring because I didn't have granulomas in my skin. It can be, but to look at me, you know, I was just basically laying around in agony, but I, I looked okay. And you don't get a lot of support, you know, when that happens. People don't realize how much pain you're actually in. And, you know, even the word sarcoidosis is not as well known. I can mention it to people and they'll maybe have heard of it on that television show house where when someone was dying from a weird disease they said maybe they have sarcoidosis right oh my gosh well, when i remember that show yes well, when i, I first show. when i first heard the word sarcoidosis i thought what is that a burial tomb in egypt and really you know sarcophagus i'd never heard of it and it was like a burial tomb it was just being you know encapsulated in pain every day and I had no idea it just came out of nowhere so to, to spread awareness during the month of April I, I'm really grateful it's, it's um, a mission that I have this month I just want to get uh, more awareness for those suffering and to let them know there is hope anyone that's willing uh, can can go to um, masterangels.org slash slash research and read my case study. I'm case study number one. Um, it's a peer-reviewed medical study that's there on that website and some great information there for those who are suffering and their families and friends and just in general um, about sarcoidosis itself. You have your Facebook page. So if anybody's on face Facebook, they can look for My Sarcoidosis Miracle, right? Yes, that is correct. And they can message you there. Is there anywhere else? I do um, have an email specifically just to answer any questions, and I'm always happy to do it. Um, I did a lot of research on my own and basically didn't have much else to do when I was laying around for two and a half years. So um have a wealth of, of knowledge I'm happy to share, and it's just um, mysarcoidosismiracle at gmail.com. Perfect. Okay, so if if anybody has anyone who's got some of these symptoms that she's listed or wants and hasn't been diagnosed properly or has been misdiagnosed or they've been diagnosed and they're not getting any better and they have um, some of these symptoms, maybe check into it, shoot shoot Jan an email. You know, yes, please. Is, you know, on this podcast, we talk about taking care of each other's hearts and you are definitely out there on the front line, taking care of the hearts of those who are suffering from sarcoidosis like you were. And it's just very beautiful. And I also wanted to say, I, I, I so feel for, 
for people like you that were suffering. You look perfectly normal on the outside and you're suffering so deeply. It's like the people with fibromyalgia and lupus and Lyme, they can look completely normal and you're wondering how they could possibly be suffering by looking so great in some cases even. Like I have had people around me who had Lyme that looked great, <laughs> it's like, but they were suffering. Well, <laughs> well, you're right, Bridget. That's a great point. And I want to say that can actually lead to depression and to a feeling of isolation, you know, because people come by. I remember some family members stopping by and they take a look at me and I'm, I look okay. I'm sitting there with ice packs on my limbs because they're swollen and I'm, you know, on these medications and all these various symptoms, but come take a look and you don't look like you're dying. You feel like you're dying from the inside out and, and you are, but you look okay. So then people stop visiting or reaching out or they don't know what to say, or they say something that's not positive. Like maybe you just need to eat meat because I'm a vegetarian or maybe, um, you know, just various things that are, are not necessarily helpful, not to, to, you know, put anyone down, people help in the way they can. But, but when you don't look sick on the outside, but you're suffering on the inside with that much pain, um, there can be a lack of the type of support that you need. And it may just be that you need someone to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm here for you, or just to check in and, and to actually believe that you're not making it up. I mean, mm -hmm. it, you know, and even if doctors aren't solid on the diagnosis or they don't know how to treat it because it's rare, you know, there may even be some um, lack of empathy or lack of concise decisions between your medical care practitioners. And it can be very confusing and isolating. So that's another reason to spread awareness. And like you said, to, to hold heart space and, and love and care for each other. Because if you are suffering with an autoimmune disorder or one of these invisible, horrible inflammatory disorders, you're not alone, but it can really feel like you are and you can become isolated. And I just want people to know they can email me. I, I, I have a wealth of information. I'm happy to support. And, and that's what we're here for, right? It's the human race with the key word being human. Mm -hmm. And if we can't support each other when we need it most, when we're isolated and silently suffering, then... Um, you know, I, I really feel, feel called to, to support people when they need it most with a debilitating, debilitating disease like sarcoidosis. So I do welcome emails and, and I thank you, Bridget, for everything you do to, thank to you hold for, space for people. Oh my gosh. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you for doing your beautiful, beautiful Love Forward talk, which we will now lead into. Dear superhero listeners, I now welcome you to listen to Jan Casebolt's Love Forward Talk, My Sarcoidosis Miracle. Thank you. In 2012, I was the picture of health. I could hike 11 miles with the world on my back. I could complete work projects. I could take care of everything and anyone with style. Until suddenly, I couldn't. I just hiked to the top of Catalina in 100-degree weather, went home, and noticed my left ankle started to swell. I didn't remember twisting it or hurting it, so I thought it was a little strange. Put some ice on it, kept limping along, kept going. Finally ended up in the urgent care. They x-rayed, said it wasn't broken, probably sprained it, kicked me out with some crutches, and went to go have cocktails. <laughs> 
I, I heard him talking when I was in the room. <laughs> Couldn't wait to get rid of me. So two days later, I noticed my right ankle was also swelling. And my son, who was home going to college at the time, said, I don't think you sprained your ankle, Mom. Within 24 hours, the swelling, like giant elephant legs, started to creep up my legs. And I noticed I couldn't breathe. I became dizzy. I suddenly lost vision in my left eye. And the pain was incredible. It went from zero to 100 literally overnight. Ended up many tests, every test you could think of, many specialist office, until finally one doctor told me, there's something wrong here. Now, me being the picture of health and able to do everything for everyone, like a superhero of the earth, not of love, <laughs> I was expecting him to say, take a couple aspirin, do some yoga, run a marathon, and you'll feel better in no time. Instead, he said to me, you have sarcoidosis. Now, like many of you, I'd never heard of sarcoidosis. I said to him, sarcophagus? Isn't that a burial tomb in Egypt? What the heck is that? And it might as well have been a burial tomb in Egypt. I became imprisoned in my bed in horrible pain 24 hours a day. Sarcoidosis affected my left optic nerve, the smaller nerves in my skin. It felt like I was being bitten by red ants all day. It affected the autonomic nerves of my heart. Flew to Cleveland Clinic, saw specialists. Prognosis wasn't good. Experimental heart surgery to possibly prolong my life. When you're laying down in pain and can't get up, it's amazing what happens. Suddenly that to-do list that was so important became, who's going to help me get to the bathroom? How am I going to get some food today? And boy, do I wish I had one last chance to do something fun with my precious sons. Boy, do I regret those times I put their needs and my own second. Boy, do I regret not finishing those writing projects. And funny, all the people I had spent so much time and money helping weren't the ones that showed up when I was flat in bed. All of a sudden, it was my son who was home at college bringing me food. It was the gardener checking and bringing me a care package. It was the professional dog walker making sure I had lunch. My younger son, happy Veterans Day to him, was in boot camp, then Army uh, Airborne School. So I would wait and lay there pretending to be okay when he'd call and give me a message on the phone. Those were the things that became important to me. So while I was taking a look and uh, basically facing my mortality, I cried out to God for a miracle. God, I said, if it's my turn to go, so be it. Your will be done. But I feel like I haven't done everything I came here to do. I'd love a second chance. If it's possible, please send me a miracle. Not long after that, a friend came by, and she gave me a spiritual development process called Subconscious Repair by Master John Douglas. I had already started journaling all the things I had forgotten to do, all my regrets, and things I needed to work on if I had a second chance. But this subconscious repair unleashed a whole new Pandora's box of things I'd forgotten about. Things over my time I had unraveled through counseling, self-help, and just being willing to take a look at myself. Things I had locked far away and hidden because they were too painful to look at. When my pain was an 8 out of 10, I spent a lot of time in the bathtub with jets on my joints and trying to just distract myself from the pain. And one particular day, I had a flashback. It wasn't pretty. I saw 12-year-old Jan at the time of my mother's suicide. It wasn't a pretty, nice and tidy, take a few pills, 
knockout kind of suicide. It was a graphic gunshot to the head, blood everywhere, bits of brain on the bathroom floor kind of suicide. I was home, and so were my three younger siblings. And being the oldest daughter, I jumped into action. I got my siblings out. I got the paramedics to come. I cleaned the blood off the floor so my grandma wouldn't have to see it. I took matters into my own hands, and I shoved my pain deep into that Pandora's box. And during that flashback, I realized that I was mad at my mom. I was pissed off that she could leave me like that, that she could abandon myself and my younger siblings, and that I was going along, being a superhero of the earth, helping everyone else, carrying this pain around in a deep, dark chasm of my heart. <sighs> that night, I had a dream. It was one of those dreams that seemed really real. I was laying in bed, and all of a sudden, I saw my mom. I saw her in a way I hadn't seen her since I saw her last lying on the floor. No blood, just her face and the sorrow and the guilt that I saw, the shame and the sadness. I could feel that she didn't really want to hurt my brothers and I. She never meant to cause us pain. She simply felt trapped and didn't know what to do. And at that moment, I was filled with great empathy and love and forgiveness. In fact, I felt my heart burst open in forgiveness, and I felt a great relief. I looked at her beautiful face in my dream, and I said, Mom, I forgive you. I love you. And at that moment, I sat up, and tears were streaming down my face. And I saw her transform. I saw her face become peaceful, and I saw the power of forgiveness to make great change. I saw her drift away into a great, brilliant white light. And depending on what you believe, life after death, whatever you may uh, believe, she disappeared into a brilliant white light, and I felt free for the first time since I was 12 years old. I woke up, and I was actually sitting in bed with real tears streaming down my face. As nature would have it, something special happened. As I was planning my trip to Cleveland Clinic for the heart surgery, my friend that brought the CD called me. She said, Master John Douglas is coming into town. If you'd like to come, there's space for you. I had nothing else to do but lay around in pain, maybe take another long bath, journal some more. Sure, I said, I'll get there. I dragged myself up out of bed. I got a ride there, and I went to the event. I got a one-on-one -on -one session with Master John, and I said to him, please take a look at the organisms causing my incurable sarcoidosis. Within two minutes, he waved his hands, performing his amazing uh, capabilities. And I literally felt the energy of pure love come in through my crown and through my whole body. And within two minutes, I felt all the pain, the 8 out of 10 pain, leave my body and drain through the floor. Believe it or not, this is a medically verifiable modern miracle, because I'm case study number one and happy to be so. But something amazing happens when you feel that feeling of pure love course through your veins. It's like that vibration makes a gong sound in your brain. And I was changed forever. There's no way to not wake up feeling grateful to be standing here today. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that miracle. And what do you do after a miracle? I believe there's many miracles every day. For me, it was a debilitating illness. For some people, it's missing an accident on the five freeway. Maybe it's a divorce from an unhappy marriage. Maybe it's the birth of a longed-for child. But when you have a miracle, you have a chance. 
you have a chance to dig deep and see the things that you're truly grateful for, to see the things that you're still holding on to that aren't serving you, and to truly dig deep, forgive yourself and others, so that you can be the best you every day. And that is my goal, to continue to transform and reform who I am so that I can be a superhero of love and then go forward and help save the world. Thank you.